everyone, Siobhan Chapman here, and welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. It's Friday morning, which means it's time for the weekend review and preview conversation, where my guests will recap how markets have performed over the past few sessions and preview what you can expect in the week ahead. Today's segment primarily focuses on the release of the July CPI data and the quarter two corporate reporting season. Joining us for the conversation, I'm glad to welcome back Mike Gord, Asset Allocation Strategist Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. Mike, good morning. We're happy to have you. Good morning, Siobhan. Happy Friday and happy to be here. Happy Friday, Mike. So let's get started. There was a lot of anticipation this week over the release of the July CPI data. Can you share with us what your takeaways are? Yeah, sure. So we got the CPI print out yesterday, and it came in basically right in line with what the street was expecting um, on, on a rounded basis. That was 0.2% uh, month over month for headline CPI. Uh, that brings the year over year rate to 3.2%. Um, so, you know, that's the, re- that's the actual read. But in terms of the outlook, it, it's really interesting right now. Um, we are, you know, finally getting some relief that has been uh, long expected and telegraphed and, and really painfully slow to materialize this year. Um, unfortunately, though, it's not guaranteed that this is going to become the norm over the next, you know, call it six to 12 months. Um, we're probably in for a couple more months of low readings like this one. Um, but then actually just the way that the data is shaking out, uh, there's a decent chance that inflation could reaccelerate a bit into the end of the year. So there are various components that are kind of ebbing and flowing over the coming months. So things like um, airfare and, and fuel prices, they're likely to pick back up uh, in the months ahead, while the housing component of CPI should weaken. Um, again, that CPI shelter component, it tends to be a pretty significantly lagging aspect, um, and it should you know, kind of roll over and continue to weaken like rental prices for housing did last year. Um, so that's kind of a bit of the details, but all in all, good print from both the consumer's perspective, uh, but also from the Fed's perspective, you know, it's, it's a little bit further evidence that the rate increases are finally feeding through uh, and, you know, tamping down some of this overheating in the economic activity. Throughout the week, we have heard from a number of Fed officials. What did their messaging consist of in respect to both the course for monetary policy and the health of the economy? Yep, a couple of Fed officials did have some public comments this week. Uh, on one side of things, we had uh, Fed Governor Michelle Bowman with some relatively hawkish commentary suggesting that an additional rate increases uh, will be needed to lower inflation to the committee's target. Uh, and she pointed specifically to the labor market where job openings really are still far exceeding the number of available workers uh, and the unemployment rate that did just drop again to just three and a half percent. And this is another one of those lowest readings in decades. Um, on the flip side, you know, we also heard from the president of the Federal Reserve Bank of Philadelphia, Patrick Harker. Uh, Harker was a, took a bit more of a dovish take. Um, and, and quoting here, absent any alarming new data between now and mid-September, I believe we may be at the point where we can be patient and hold rates steady and let the monetary policy actions we have taken do their work. So, you know, obviously there's a difference of opinions. Um, you know, I think in terms of economic activity and economic health, everybody on the committee can be pretty pleased with the resiliency of, of the economy this year. Um, obviously, inflation a bit more of a different story. Clearly, there uh, there's a bit of a difference of opinions there. Um, we'll probably get a little bit more color on their thinking at uh, the upcoming Jackson Hole Economic 
symposium at the end of the month. So more more to come here. Um, but all in all, you know, a, a mixed bag from the actual uh, Fed policymakers. So with that difference of opinion, it looks like we'll have to see how it all plays out. So thank you so much for that update, Mike. Checking in on the quarter two corporate reporting season, what are some reflections that you can share with us? Sure. So, yeah, earnings season, always a bit of a mixed bag, but at a high level, I think that we would characterize the results as favorable, um, highlighted by resilient consumer spending across a range of industries from travel, restaurants, and new home construction. Uh, additionally, there were signs that some of the previously weak areas are stabilizing or, or inflecting and, and improving, like areas like PCs, digital ad spending, uh, cloud, and, and some of the more niche markets like life science tools. Um, you know, not surprisingly, it seems like everybody, you know, every single company is talking about the opportunities in AI. Um, so, you know, that was not a surprise to hear. But I think most encouragingly, uh, forward guidance from corporates has been better than expected. The bottom-up third quarter uh, S&P 500 EPS estimate is holding up better than normal. Um, the usual pattern is, you know, companies will lower expectations at the beginning of the quarter only to beat those estimates when the results are announced. So the fact that that's holding up better than expected is, is a good indicator for the coming quarter. Uh, so, you know, with the worst of the earnings, you know, declines behind us, um, and with earnings poised to start growing again, this is a really supportive backdrop for stocks. But with that, we do question how much is already priced in. Uh, the S&P 500 forward multiple is already extended. Uh, it was, excuse me, already extended when earnings season began and is now near, you know, 19 and a half times. Uh, and typically when valuations are at these levels, the expected earnings growth is well into the double digits because folks are willing to pay up for that strong growth. Uh, so digging into the numbers really quickly, uh, 60% of companies beating sales estimates, 73% beating uh, earnings estimates. Uh, in aggregate, the earnings are beating by roughly 5.5%. Uh, and revenue growth is on track to grow by 1% year over year. So that, that's the earnings recap. So turning to next week, what will be taking place that investors should be mindful of? So, yeah, in terms of economic data next week, starting on Tuesday, we get retail sales uh, prints for the month of July. So we'll get another look into how resilient consumer spending is, uh, you know, as those were what were once elevated savings balances continue to dwindle lower. Um, then on Wednesday, we will get some housing data uh, with building permit and housing start numbers for July. Uh, and then later on, on Wednesday, we get the FOMC meeting minutes from the meeting uh, in late July. We'll be taking a close look at that because, you know, again, while the decision to keep rates where they were at the last meeting was unanimous, you know, clearly there's some differing viewpoints among the participants, which, which I mentioned a little bit earlier. Um, so we'll be watching what those uh, who may want to keep hiking are thinking versus those who may want to start cutting are thinking so we can get a better of idea of kind of where we're headed and where the policymakers think we're headed. Um, you know, other than that, we'll get our weekly read on labor market with initial and continuing unemployment claims. Uh, towards the end of the week, but no real surprises expected. So that's what's going on next week, Siobhan. Thank you so much for joining us, Mike, and updating our listeners on such a busy week. Thank you so much for your insight. Yeah, absolutely. 
Again, today we have been joined by Mike Gord, Asset Allocation Strategist Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. And as a reminder to our listeners, Top of the Morning is a part of the UBS Market Moves podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as the UBS trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Siobhan Chapman, and thank you for joining us. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.